You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So if you turn on the TV, oftentimes on TLC or HGTV, you see the, the fixer-uppers, uh, you, see the, you see the house hunters, and you see a common theme. You see a, a husband and wife. The husband is a part-time IT analyst that stays at home, and the wife is a stay-at-home mom, and their budget for their house is $3 million. Like, like, how does that happen? All right, and then somehow they find the most perfect house they've ever pictured. The funny thing was, you may not know this, but that's not real life. Uh, And for us, it never was that way. We've lived in four houses now since we've been married. Uh, And I told her I was never moving again at least one house ago. Uh, (laughs) And you see that she listened to me. Um, But when we were in Midland, we we found a house by the grace of God. And uh, it was kind of a, a last minute deal. We were we were poor, young, about to be married people, uh, and we found a house that was, was perfect for us, uh, and, and we lived there until all of a sudden, one, one day the Lord spoke to us and said, quit all your jobs. He said, don't worry about where you're going to live. I've got it handled, and move and help start a church called Hope Church. So we moved and helped start a church called Hope Church, and we, we found a place to live by the grace of God, uh, and you know, it, it maybe wasn't the, the most beautiful place in the world, but, but then we began to feel if we're going to pastor in Cleburne, we need to move to Cleburne because we were in Burleson at the time. I know, don't judge me. It's where I was, where I grew up, but I'm a Cleburneite at heart now. Uh, you got to say it with a little bit of accent like that. Uh, uh, and I, don't, I get it. It's fine. Okay. It's all right. Know where you're from, right? And uh, then we moved to, to Cleburne. And, and what changed that was one dinner that changed it all. A house came together and we, we moved in. And then, three kids later, now we have four total kids, we decided, huh, this house is not as big as it used to be with six people living in it. Uh, and so we kind of looked at each other and said, how are we gonna do this? And the greatness of God, he provided another home for us to move into. And this one was a little different because it, it needed a little bit of work uh, and some great people here at the church, you know who you are, uh, helped us get it all fixed up. Some helped us move. Raya helped us move. Thanks, Raya. Thanks, Raya. Noah, Noah and Amanda helped me paint. Uh, they did a great job. Uh, so a lot of good people helped us sit. And here's the thing. God blessed us with exactly what we needed in the exact right amount of time. And I think what we don't understand is sometimes we expect God to give us extravagant things. But he gives us just the right thing we need in just the right time. So I want to read a passage to you. It's Luke 6, 38. It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be the measure given to you. Guys, what we have to understand in God's kingdom In God's kingdom, the measure in which we receive is in the measure that we're willing to give. 
if we will not allow God to have control of our finances, then we can't expect for him to bless us. And so in the world you live in, it's the pursuit of the almighty dollar. How much money can I make? How much wealth can I amass? But what I'm here to tell you today is the trick to God's kingdom is found in one word, contentment. If we are content with all that we have, that's when God can truly bless us. So if you have your Bibles, grab them, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 6. And today what we're going to talk about is how should followers of Christ look at money? How should followers of Christ look at money? Now, this is Paul writing this letter, and he's writing to his young protege, Timothy. Timothy's currently pastoring the church in Ephesus, and Paul is trying to tell him, listen, these, this is a part of a last three warning, and this is the last warning. And he's saying, be aware of these things, because if you don't have them in the right way or in the right order, it will come up and bite you. So point number one. Contentment is synonymous with godliness. Synonymous means the same, just so you know. Contentment is synonymous with godliness. 1 Timothy 6, starting in verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. So guys, if you're, if you're a Greek person or if you're a Greek fan, most of your New Testament was written in Greek, the word contentment that they use in the Greek is autokia. And it, it's, it's from a Stoicism tradition and it says independent, it really means independent of all external circumstances. So what this means is we are going to be happy regardless of what is going on around us. And that's what God has called us to be. We are called to be happy regardless. And guys, what we have to understand is material gain is irrelevant and greed is irrational. Because the Bible tells us, don't worry about your finances. I've got it taken care of. So for us to worry about money, for us to have, to be greedy and to hoard all this money for ourselves, that's not what God has called us to do. Now, guys, I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells you very clearly, for we brought nothing into the world. I've seen four kids coming to the world, and all they bring with them is needs. (laughs) They don't bring anything with them. Other than occasionally now, my three-month-old, he'll smile at me, and I'm like, oh. But then later on, they sass you. Okay, let me, let me tell you a story. The other day, Maddie, I, I was talking to her about how beautiful she is. And I said, who's your favorite daddy? And she said, oh, well, I love mommy more. I was like, well, okay. I said, but, but listen, I said, I, I said, but daddy helped make you. Uh, so you have to love me too. And she goes, no, you didn't. God made me. And I said, get out of my house right now. Get your own job. But here's the thing. Our kids don't bring anything into this world. There's nothing they bring other than more problems. Okay? And you know, we we do what we can. We toil away our entire life. Then what happens? No matter how much money you make, 
the hole in the ground they dig for all of us is the same size. Let me say the the thing that every preacher you've ever heard says. You never see a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? You know, you you hear that all the time. And I'm like, hey, say it again, okay? (laughs) Or 50 more times because I'm going to hear it. But, But it still remains true. When you go to heaven, there is nothing that you can take with you other than what you've given to the Lord while you were on this earth. And guys, we make all these plans. We make all these retirement. You know, I I don't see in the Bible, I know my wife hates it when I say this, but I don't see in the Bible where pastors are allowed to retire. So I don't really have a retirement plan. My retirement plan is my investments in the kingdom of God. Because those are the only investments that will have a return. One day when I get to heaven, I will get to reap all those investments. But not here on this earth. You know, and and here's the thing. Some of you know that I'm a pastor. Some of you, this is your first time. Hello, welcome. How are you? Uh, If you didn't know this, nobody stops and says, you know what? I want to make a lot of money. I should be a pastor, right? I've said it over and over and over again. Pastor is one of the only jobs that you need advanced degrees and everybody knows more than you, right? You'll get that later when you get home. Uh, But here's the thing. I've never missed or wanted for anything. I've had everything that I need. Now, I know if you look at me, it's pretty apparent to you that I haven't missed any meals. Okay, the only meals that I have missed were meals by choice uh, because Gio shames me and, you know, that's it's neither here nor there. You know, God's working on his heart. Uh, so y'all pray for him after the service. Um <laughs> He's, he's the one, Grant, that needed prayer up here this morning. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> All these other people, they probably needed prayer too, but he was the one you were talking about. Uh, and guys, man, on a side note, I feel like I almost have to cry up here today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just love you guys so much. <laughs> I'm just letting you know it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> how can you cry with money? I mean, it's like... <laughs> Yes, thank you, Lord. Let's have a great day with this. But I've never missed or wanted for anything. Now, here's the thing. We have to understand our needs and our wants. Guys, I don't need the new iPhone. I want it. I'm not going... And I do, okay? (laughs) But I'm not going to die if I don't have the newest iPhone. It's, It's just not... It's not that way. You know, as much as I love shoes, I don't need shoes to live, okay? Even though my wife probably thinks to the contrary. But guys, what we really need is food, water, and oxygen. Everything else, everything else is kind of secondary. Now, you do need clothes. I didn't add that in there. Please wear clothes. Uh, (laughs) And so what I'm saying to you guys is, is God will provide for all our needs, but we are called to be content. Oftentimes with our money, we want to live close-handed. You know, we say to each other, your, my money is not your business. Well, here's the thing. Our source of finances comes from the same source, all of us. And here's the thing. He gave you all the talents that you have to make all of this money. So why are we so close-handed with it? He wants to bless you, but you have to be willing and open. So 
If we are not happy with what we have been given, we are not happy with God's provision. If we are not happy with what we have been given, we're not happy with God's provision. And guys, I'm here to tell you, if you will just learn to be happy wherever you are in life, there's times that I look around my house where the volume level is at 11 and I'm just sitting there going, man, I want to pull my hair out, but I know there's a voice inside of me saying one day, none of these people are going to be at my house, praise God, and I'm going to miss it. Well, at least that's what people tell me. Uh, We'll see. I'll let you know. If you'll hang around Hope Church long enough, I'll let you know if I miss it or not. (laughs) So number two, the second point for today is wealth is not the goal. Wealth is not the goal. Our world tells us that wealth is the goal, but what does God say about wealth? Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Guys, I wasn't going to say this, so forgive me, but God just put it right in my head. You know the number one reason people leave church is money? Let me, let me just free you from something real quick. I don't want your money. In fact, I would be okay if you never gave any money ever. You don't have to answer to me to that. The one that wants your money is the Lord. I don't want it. But he wants full control of it. Why? Because money is not evil. Money in itself is inherently not evil at all. But what God is saying to us is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not just one evil. It says all kinds of evil. And so guys, I'm here to tell you, the church needs money to exist. But guys, I don't want money at the sake of your soul. I know that eventually God will pierce your heart enough that you'll do what he's asking you to do. So I just want you to be set free today. And throughout this series, we're going to talk about money probably a little bit more. I am not concerned with your finances. I'm concerned with who you allow to control them. If you try to control them, it's going to be a long road for you. But if you allow him to control it, everything else will fall into place. That was for somebody today. That wasn't in the first service. But back to what I'm saying. Materialism is a desire to possess things instead of a love for the God who made those things. Guys, our goal should be kingdom focus. We should be investing in the kingdom. We try to, mon- we try to model this here at Hope Church for you. Those of you that give, we this year in 2019 opened a church in Meridian, Texas. If you don't know where Meridian is, get on 174, drive 45 minutes this way. Make sure when you get to the small town, slow down, or you're going to get tickets like Brody talked about. Um, I haven't. I'm just letting you know. It's a possibility. Uh, Not on that road. Calm down. Um, Other roads, but that's neither here nor there. And we, we opened a church the first Sunday in January 2019. Now, this church was given to us by the district, and it needed some help. It needed some TLC, and just like anything else in your life, anything that, that needs love and TLC, what they really mean is it needs money. 
And so we invested love. We invested strategic people into this church. And the church, when we closed it down, the Sunday that me and a few of the elders went down and closed the building down, there was 12 people in attendance that Sunday morning. Now you fast forward about 18, 19 months later and on their first Sunday in existence, they had 66 people. Now here's the cool thing. Thank you for being excited, Jessica. You're the only one. Um, Everybody else should be excited, but yeah, geez. But here's the thing. You invested in that. Every person that gives to Hope Church, you invested in that. And there will be people in heaven from Meridian. Why? Because you invested in them. Now, we also have a Spanish-speaking congregation that meets every Sunday after church. Now, if you, you know this about me or you spend much time, I don't speak Spanish. And I don't speak Spanish well at all. I may try. It's kind of humorous, but I don't speak it well at all. And we have a Spanish pastor that leads the Spanish church because we saw a population of Spanish-speaking people here in Cleburne that need God's love. And so there will be Spanish-speaking people from Cleburne in heaven. Why? Because you invested in them. The third group of people that I want to talk to you about is there's a group of assisted living folks over at Hardest Assisted Living. It's that big assisted living facility place right off of 67. It's kind of catty corner from Wiles Hospital across the highway. We hold services there every Thursday afternoon. Now we do hymns with them and we do a message just like we do here. And you know what? It's you, through your investment here at the church that makes that service possible. So there will be people in heaven from hardest assisted living. Why? Because you invested in them. And so guys, we're not telling you, we're not asking you to do something that we are not already doing as a church ourselves. God is calling you to invest in his kingdom. And if you will not invest in his kingdom, then everything that you have on this earth is going to die with you. Guys, there's nothing that we can take with us other than the legacy of what we've done for Christ. And so guys, y'all have got to understand this. You know, money is something that is just beat into our head. The love of money is beat into our head from time and time and from the birth, from from time that we have to get a job. Money, 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 money. But guys, what I want you to be is I want you to be free. Because if money gets into the place of ruling you in your life, it becomes in God's place and that makes it what? Idolatry. And guys, we never want to put anything in control of our life other than our Lord Jesus Christ. And guys, I'm here to tell you, the one thing that destroys more things in our lives than anything else is the love of money. If you don't believe me, what's the number one reason people get divorced? You want to guess? Money. You know what number two is? Cheating on each other. Money is one of the biggest divisive matters in marriages. Guys, money, the reason I say, reason I told you earlier is be set free from the fact that I, as your pastor, am not looking for your money because it's so divisive even in churches. Satan uses whatever he can to divide us. And usually money is the hardest thing to do it. I've seen people get so frustrated over money. But guys, here's what I want you to understand. 
For us to have a proper perspective on our money and our things, you must understand that you own those things. They don't own you. And when you get into the place that they own you, that's where idolatry steps in. So the quote for today is, the moment we do not acknowledge the true source of our blessings, that is the moment we become poor. The moment that you do not understand where all of your blessings come from, that's the moment you are poor. The other day I was, I was sitting, I don't know where I was, I think it was at a get-together, and there was a man sitting next to me, and I knew this man, I knew this man, and I knew he had money. And he looked me dead in the eyes with all, I had two of my kids hanging on me and the other two acting like fools. He looked me dead in the eye and said, you know what? You're a very rich man. You're rich beyond all of your imaginations. And guys, that's what we have to understand. We look at riches in a monetary sense. God look at, looks at riches from a blessing sense. But guys, I'm here to tell you, if you're struggling with something today, We serve the God that owns it all. There is nothing that you are going to face that he can't control because he owns everything. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? I've got three questions for you and I want to challenge you a little bit this morning. The first question is, are you trying to control your finances or are you allowing God? Now guys, I'm preaching to myself just as much in my preaching to you. You know, one of the biggest moments for me as your pastor with money was with this new building. I knew that we as a church, we had barely, at the time that we were going into a financial campaign, we had barely as a church been able to make $200,000 in a annual budget. That means giving all 12 months of the year. And this building project was gonna cost $540,000. I said, God, you are crazy. Okay, we talk a lot in my office and it's mostly me going, what are you thinking? And him going, just trust me. And I'm like, I just trust you, all right? So those of you that were here last year, this time, we had a a gala in which we asked some people to come and, and, and be the first people to invest in this property. And guys, no lie. I was waiting for them to bring me the totals together. They put the totals in my hand of what we'd raised that night, and it took my breath away. And the Lord told me in that moment, he said, see, when you let me take control, I can handle it. When you're in control, that's when you mess it up. And so God, guys, God has provided for us over and abundance with this building, a parking lot, a playground, praise Jesus, Right? I mean, I catch Justin playing on that playground all the time. I'm like, where's Justin? Oh, he's on the playground. I'm joking. That would be a cool picture, though. (laughs) But here's the thing. Guys, that's not it. Look around. The sanctuary is pretty full today. We're going to have to build another one, and we're going to have to build again. And guess what? It's going to cost more because it's going to have to be bigger. But here's the thing. I know that God has control of it all. He's already made the plan. He's already there. He's already making it happen. And the same is true with your finances today. If you are sitting there today going, God, I need you to show up in a big way. He'll do it. But you have to let him be in control. Number two, 
What is your goal? What is your goal? Is your goal to have human notoriety or is your goal to have heavenly notoriety? Because guys, I'm here to tell you, if you read your Bible very much, you're going to find that our earthly priorities are usually the exact opposite of God's priorities. He says, let the first be last. He said, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God than a poor man. And so our goals usually aren't God's goals. But guys, I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times, we as a church will be we will be intentional about investing into the harvest, intentional about building the kingdom of God. And if you will be here long enough, you will reap that blessing because we're going to do it. I'm excited about all the people that you're inviting to come on Easter. I, I just, I'm believing that God's going to save many souls on Easter. We've got some plans to get into this neighborhood. Did you know that there's 106 houses right there and most of them don't know we're right here? We got to do something about that. They could literally walk to church. Most of you had to drive. They could walk to church. And there's 106 houses over there that we've yet, that's our mission field right at our front door. And guys, we have got to be intentional about those goals. And guys, we can invest in retirement. We can invest in the things. And, and guys, you know, it's great to leave things for our kids. But I'm here to tell you, my kids have their mommy's charm and, their, and her mind, and they're going to be just fine when we're gone. They'll be able to make money just fine. Now, I want to leave a good life for my kids, but what I want my kids to understand is that mom and dad gave everything they could to further God's kingdom. That's the legacy that I want to leave for them. Number three, as our musicians come back, do you need God's freedom in your finances today? Now, guys, this series is entitled Freedom. We're going to be talking a lot of different aspects of freedom. But, guys, what I want you to understand is there's nothing in your life that should hold you back because the song says... Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so where our money and our finances are, there is freedom. When we can't pay that bill, there is freedom. Guys, (laughs) I got a sermon for you. Just hang on. (laughs) Don't we, Grant? We do. All right. (laughs) Because that debt... When there is debt, there isn't freedom. But here's the thing. God can allow us to have freedom because God can pay off those debts in some crazy kind of ways. So guys, here's my challenge for you today. What do you need to give to God? So, Justin, could you hit the lights for me? Let's bow our heads real quick. We're gonna do things a little different. Prayer team, go ahead and get in place so they know where you are. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. They they said about my songs I had to deliver. So every every head bowed, every eye closed. Do you need some freedom in your life today? If you're sitting there today and, and maybe you need some financial help. Maybe you've got some some payments that are coming your way that you don't know how you're going to pay for. 
Maybe you've got some stressors in your life that you need some provision for. I want you to lift your head where you are and look at me. There's some prayer team right here. We've got some in the back. Let us pray for you today because God, God can do mighty things with those financial freedoms. And he can set you free today. Bow your head. Next group of people I want to talk to. If you're out there today and you feel like your money rules you and you want to put your money in its right place, that means you're in control of your money and your money's not in control of you. I want you to lift your head. We've got these prayer people around here for you. God wants you to be free. So don't allow this money to keep hampering you. You can bow your head again. Now, this last group I want to talk to today has nothing to do about with what we've talked to all day. Like Grant, Pastor Grant talked about earlier. God wants you to lay everything at the altar today. So if you're struggling with something today, if you're hurting, if you need some healing, If you need some repair in your marriage, I want you to look up at me. These prayer people are around here. The Bible tells you that when you go through struggles, when you have pain, go to the elders of a church and let them pray for you. It doesn't say just pray for yourself. It says allow the elders of the church to anoint you with oil and pray over you. That's what we want to do today. So... If you're looking at me and money's not on your mind today, but you need some help and some freedom somewhere else, we want you to come. Now let's bow our heads and pray together. Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you today that that in you, we can have freedom. Lord, money is one of the most difficult things that we face sometimes to allow you to have control of because it takes absolute faith on our part. So Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would just help us to put money in its proper place. We will command our money, not our money command us. Because we serve a powerful God that wants to set us free from all the burdens that we face. So Lord, I pray for those that that lifted their head. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage they need to step out, whether it's for money, whether they need healing in another aspect in their life, Lord, this time is for them. But Lord, I pray that they would just not sit in their place. But Lord, you would give them the courage to step out. Lord, because we can't expect you to change anything if we won't first have the faith to step out. So, Lord, I pray for the faith for each and every one that raised their head today to step out and to receive some prayer so that God can begin to move in their life today. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.